0: You're listening to the Arsenal Church Podcast. To learn more about the Arsenal, go to thearsenal.church. And if you'd like to receive more content throughout your week, feel free to download the Arsenal Church app. We're going to play this or that, and I want you guys just to raise your hand when we. uh, you'll get the thing. Real tree or fake tree? Who's the real tree people? Real tree people? Who's the fake tree people? Wow. I'll say this: I love a real tree, but it's just too much work, man. Uh, okay, uh, tree toppers: angel or star? Who's my angel people? Star people? Star. I, that was pretty close, actually. Uh, let's. Uh, this is now here. This is a very heated debate. Christmas lights: colored or white lights? Colored lights. White lights. Ooh, white lights definitely pulled that one off. Um, this may determine how next Christmas looks here at the Arsenal. Hot cocoa or eggnog? Who's my eggnog people first? Let's see. Eggnog people? I, sh- I would have guessed. Hot cocoa people? Looks like hot cocoa is here to stay. Um, uh, here's another one. Wrapped presents or gift bags? Who's my wrapped present people? I'm a wrapped present person. Gift bag people? Like the parents who have to do a lot of presents, those bags are just easy, man. I do a good blend. Like, yeah, you get tired of wrapping, and it's like the rest are bags. Tape the box. (laughs) Um, All right, and last one great joy or great shame? Who's my great, great joy people? Great shame, people. All right. <laughs> some, some of you are being honest right now. All right. Luke 2, uh, verses 10 through 11 says this, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. There's three little sections of that verse that really pop out to me. Good news. Great joy, all people. This was the prophecy that was made about how Jesus would affect the world, that it would be good news, bringing great joy for all people. And so here's the question I want to throw out. I've been trained to not um, sort of offend people within like the first little short section of a sermon. You got to like ease into it, but I'm just going to jump into here. Does your experience match... This prophecy Does the message of Jesus That you have in your life today Line up with this 2,000 year old prophecy That it's good news And it brings Great joy And it's for all people Does our Experience match up with this Angelic prophecy Because if it doesn't in any way We've lost something along the way And I I try to keep things pretty introspective, but sometimes it's a little hard when you look out at the world around you and when you think about Christianity as it's represented in the world, represented in the United States, is it lining up with this prophecy? Do we think about the message of Jesus and go like, this is good news and it's bringing great joy and it's for all people? Should I just stop right there? Just is it good news? Does it bring great joy? Is it for all people? And so I want to. It it can become really easy for us to keep that that focus outward. I think we all know that Christians in general, we can generalize. Like I don't just go like, man, what a joyous group of people let me just get on Facebook and track down some Christians and, you know, like I need some joy in my life. Like something, something doesn't always, sometimes, right? Sometimes. But in general, especially the very outspoken crowd, I, I, I don't see it lining up. And so it's really easy to keep us, our focus there. But I also don't think that's the most beneficial thing that we can do. So I want to turn our focus a little bit inward today, which is a lot more difficult. Does the message of Jesus bring you, all people, you're an all people, does the message of Jesus bring you great joy? And here's the thing, it can. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but it can. And I want to I want to clarify here too. What I don't mean by joy, what I don't mean is like just a feeling of excitement. That that comes and then it, and then it goes. What I mean is something that's very deep and very steady. An inner joy that it's like that thing that everybody's seeking in life. Like I'm looking for this sort of contentment, this sort of peace, this fulfillment in life. I would call that great joy. And I want to encourage you today to be brutally honest about this. Sometimes some of us have been conditioned to not be honest about this because it, it signifies a lack of faith and we cannot have a lack of faith, but I want you to rest in the idea that God is not fragile. If he's God and this whole thing is true, it can stand up to our questions. It can stand up to the reality of our experiences. If this prophecy is true, all people have access to great joy through the message of Jesus. And this thing, that I I, I also take a lot of, I don't know if this is comfort or just ability to accept the reality of, you know, Christians not having that great joy when I look around me, because this is something that goes all the way back to the early church. Like the first generation church had struggles with this. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul says this, "'I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ.'" See, Paul delivered a message to this church, and then some other people came in and added to it. What they did is they added qualifications, and the gospel became exclusive. And it wasn't, it it was still open, it was still open to everybody, but there's some qualifications that you have to meet on your way in. I think this sounds familiar, no? This is what was going on in the early church. Yes, this gospel, this good news of Jesus is open to everyone, but there's some qualifications you must meet. And what was happening is this message that Paul called no gospel at all, meaning it's not actually good news, it was causing division in the church, which... Sounds a little familiar. And it was preventing people from experiencing the joy that was promised. Like, these would be people who were alive when this prophecy was made. The child is here bringing great joy to all people. Good news, everyone and right away the church goes into this place of division jealousy anger competition who's who's getting who's who's being the better christian who's meeting all of the qualifications and it was hindering the joy that jesus came to bring And I I really, really, this is where I really want to hit on today is if we're not experiencing the joy that Jesus came to bring, maybe we have a similar problem that this early church had. This gospel, this good news being preached, Paul goes, it's not actually good news because it was exclusive. It was divisive. It was no gospel at all. It was not good news, it did not bring great joy, and it wasn't for all people. So I'm going to throw this out here. If the message that we hear of Jesus is not good news, is not bringing great joy, and is not for all people, these are three qualifications. Either that prophecy was wrong or we've missed something along the way. Because that was the prophecy. That was the angelic proclamation. Here he comes, everybody. Good news, great joy, all people. So I want to rein this in a little bit, and I just want to focus on this specific area that I I think we, we can struggle in. If you are not experiencing joy... Because of the message of Jesus, the message of Jesus is better than you've yet realized. Or else the whole thing is just a tradition that we can find a little comfort in. Because that was the promise. Great joy, all people. And if we're not experiencing great joy because of this message, then the gospel is better than you've yet realized. Now, when I say that, when I say that, hey, the gospel is better than you've yet, yet realized, what are you hearing? Are you hearing you got it all wrong? Are you feeling shame because of where you're at? Or are you feeling hope because this is good news? See, a lot of us have been conditioned that the way to God, the only way to God is shame. And this has become definitive of a Christian walk for many people. I want to invite you today to trust this prophecy good news, great joy, all people, all people, all people. <sighs> like, what, are you, what? Okay, all with certain if, but if, like all people, this is good news. When anybody hears the message of Jesus, they should go, that's good news. Wherever they are, whatever belief system they are existing in, this message of Jesus should be good news. You don't have to prep people for the good news. If you have to prep them for the good news and share a whole bunch of bad news to get them ready to hear the good news, it's not that good. I want to invite you to, to have hope today. It always makes me think of Shawshank Redemption, like hope is a dangerous thing. Um, I love that movie. That was, that was not in my notes. I just, I just like the movie. But I want to invite you to dare to hope today. Because hope can be scary. It really can be. How many of us have had hope in something and been let down? Like all of us. We've all been in positions where we've hoped for something, we've trusted somebody for something, and we know what it's like to be let down. I believe God is good on his word. That great joy is for you now. I want to invite you to trust the prophecy to hope that Jesus can give you great joy now. So, to get there, we're going to talk about a very specific word. Some of you are not going to like this at all. We're going to talk about conviction. Oh, the moans. Even Chad's like, wait, wait." (laughs) where? Hold on. You gotta trust me here, you gotta hang with me. We're gonna talk about conviction. I'm not, I'm not gonna leave you in suspense too long because those of you that have been around here, um, you're like, what's your angle, Rob, right? Like, I was already asked that, like I was in the back with the band and they're like, what's the message about? And I was like, conviction, and they're like, what's the angle? Um, <laughs> All right, so the word conviction, uh, both in our modern language and in the original Greek language, has two definitions. It's the same words used in the same way. The first word is a formal declaration that someone is guilty, and I think that's the one that Christianity has really, it loves to cling to, conviction. It means feel bad about yourself. And then there's a second definition of conviction, and it's a firmly held belief. A firmly held belief. Today I want to invite you into conviction. To invite you into this firmly held belief that the prophecy that this angel declared for the world is true and that it's for you conviction that great joy is for you now and i want us to notice something about these about these definitions when we think about conviction and Christianity, and the message of Jesus, and we look at this definition number one, a formal declaration that someone is guilty, where is the focus? Who is that focused on? Me. And how do I fix that? I fix myself. I must improve myself. But look at this second one. When I talk about the message of Jesus, and I talk about a firmly held belief, where does my focus go? straight to Jesus. Now, we can have our focus on the performance and the accomplishment of Jesus, or we can have our focus on the performance and the accomplishment of ourselves. The Bible has a word for it when we're focused on our own accomplishments. There's a word for it when we earn our way through our behaviors up to God. It's called self-righteousness. It means making ourselves right with God. And that's a direct denial of the gift that Jesus offers for free. Righteousness, right standing with God is yours. Wrapped up in a box with wrapping paper. It's no gift bag. This is the real deal. Unwrap it, it's yours. I have this really good friend and I, I, have, to, I have to preface this, I, I love my friend. Like he, he's, he did a lot for me when I was younger, like just great guy. But he, he's one of those um, very outspoken, he's, he's like a, he's a semi-public figure you know what I mean? Like, but he's like he's he's on Facebook and he has a decent following. There's probably a, a few people in here that would be like, I know who that guy is. But he's a good friend, and I care about him and I love him. And you, I mean, you guys see where I'm going. Um, and the the reason I feel okay with kind of sharing his words is because he's very public about what he believes. Like, I'm I'm talking about like he was on Facebook Live and talking about this. Um, and it was just like monologuing, right? He's just talking, and he was talking about sin and repentance, and and he goes, you know what, I'm no different because I still sin. Like, I struggle with the same thing, and here's what he said, and I think a lot of Christians hold this. I think, and that's why I'm bringing him into this conversation is because I think it's representative of a very common held attitude he said the difference between me and the other people who who were not right with God is he goes I feel bad about my sin I feel bad and they don't the difference isn't that they keep doing it and I don't he goes because I keep I I do I like I've I have things that I struggle with over and over and over, and and I feel bad. And I began to think about that, that the defining quality, the thing that sets apart a righteous person from an unrighteous person. When I use the words righteous, what I mean is in right standing with God, not in right standing with God. The thing that separates a righteous person from an unrighteous person is that the righteous person feels bad. And that doesn't line up with the prophecy because this message of Jesus was meant to bring great joy. The difference between being in right standing with God and not being in right standing with God is not I feel really bad about myself and I feel really bad about everything I've done. Maybe next time we'll dig into the word repentance because that's also one that's not been represented well. The difference is not feeling bad, it's that I trust that I'm forgiven. It's a deeply held belief That I'm forgiven, as it says in Hebrews once for all. As it says in Romans, that through Jesus I have been reconciled. Not living in fear, always thinking, what if I mess up? But experiencing great joy, knowing that when, when I mess up, God is not holding my sin against me. That's the promise. See, the defining characteristic, the difference between righteous and unrighteous, according to my friend, who I love very much, was feeling bad. And I think that's an idea that's been conditioned into us, not from God, but from people. When we get down to the reason for this, we find a difference of opinion of what the definition of good news is. That good news that was prophesied, that good news that by definition brings great joy. When we get down to the core of this deeply held belief of the message of Jesus, We must ask, where is my focus? Is my focus on my ability or is it on the ability of Jesus? That's at the core of this message. That's the whole reason that it brings great joy. If righteousness is attained by my ability, then Jesus was pointless. That system was already in place. Go read the Old Testament. If you do these things, God will bless you. That's old covenant. That's the reason we need good news. And some of us just sit in it. It's a denial of the message of Jesus. Is your focus on your belief On your ability or the ability of Jesus your accomplishment or the accomplishment of Jesus I'm gonna read what I I won't say this like for all time but right now I'm in a place where I feel like this is this is pretty complete with representing the good news of Jesus I think this is I think this is a broad view. Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, and he, he said these words. He said, 2 Corinthians 5:19, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. <sighs> That just sounds like good news across the board. God was, I'm just going to read the verse. Don't look at me like that. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. This is the good news. God is not counting your sin against you. He's not like, that was three times, like counting He's not holding it against you. You have been reconciled. In Hebrews it says, once for all time. Not you are forgiven little by little as you feel bad every time you do something that's not measuring up to the righteousness of God. If that's what we have to do, the definition of the Christian life is, hey, everybody feel bad, good news, welcome. The good news is this, and this is why it's good news for all people. God's not holding your sin against you. That's what Jesus came to tell you. That's the only version of this that is good news for all people. not just you, all people. There's a very exclusive version of this gospel. That's why we have so many different denominations and divisions and why we have people who are out here doing this Christian life all themselves because everybody feels like they have something that other people don't have. We have this Bible verse or this you know, particular point of theology figured out better than the other guys, so we have the real thing. And and the message is really simple. That doesn't get you closer to God because Jesus has brought us as close to God as anyone can get. The message is simple. God, through Jesus, was reconciling the world to himself, not holding your sin against you. Like that Like that's good news. Like that's I'm like, that's a little too good, yeah. But if it's good that I can comprehend and I can process, and I can go like, "Yeah, that's pretty good then it's like that's like a little bit of joy no the angel said great joy that's what I want I, I want what that angel came and promised us good news great joy for all people I hear some great joy going on. I don't know if everybody can hear it like in the back. We, we got kids singing back here. It's wonderful. And now let me tell you, let me, let me also throw this out here. This joy is not a joy that tells you you have to mask your pain and pretend like it's not there. It's not something we need to pretend to have when we walk through these doors and go like, we're having a terrible morning and I've been yelling at my kids and I walk in and go, good morning, brothers and sisters. You know, like, it's not a joy that we have to pretend to have because it's real and it's deep and it's true. It's a joy that doesn't invite us to mask our pain, but it's a joy that accompanies us through our pain. It's a joy that equips us to help others through their pain. It's a deep, true joy. And so many times when we come to Jesus, not with great joy from good news, but afraid of what happens if I don't come to Jesus... We get conditioned to live our life in Christ with fear. You came to Christ by fear and you live in Christ by fear. And to step out of that can be a scary thing. But He's promised great joy for you. God's desire for you is not to live in constant guilt and shame. That's not what makes you right with Him. Jesus does. See, when we hang on to that guilt and that shame and that fear as a means of being right with God, we are in denial of the gift that he's given. It can be scary to step into a place where we're experiencing great joy, where we're experiencing peace with God, where we're experiencing freedom. Accepting that promise is a little bit scary, and that's where faith comes in. That conviction. By definition, by prophecy, by angelic declaration, the good news of Jesus brings great joy, which should be freeing us from fear and should be producing peace and joy in our lives. And if your religion is producing anger and guilt and shame and fear, the only thing that I would be afraid of is that I haven't yet processed the gospel Those are indicators that something's off. Something between that prophecy and where we're at right now got bent. The thing that puts us in the right place, we should be seeing that joy and that peace and that freedom. And for some of us, And let me just tell you, like I I empathize with you very much if, if that's where you are. It's a scary thing to step out of shame and fear because for so long you've been told and conditioned to believe that that was the thing that made you right with God and to step out of that's very scary. Again, I want to tell you that it's Jesus that makes us right with God and nothing else. So, this message should bring great joy. If it's not lining up with the prophecy, it's not the gospel. And it should equip us to go with great joy and love well. Thank you for listening. Our hope is that you feel loved and encouraged. If you have questions or need prayer, please email hello at thearsenal.church and don't forget to download the Arsenal Church app.